Hello and welcome to another episode of Bros 3 Podcast for August 9th, 2020. How you doing, fam? I say, how are you doing? Are you out there living your best life? Well, if you are, kudos to you. Now, I have to admit, for the last month or so, I have not been living my best life. Not by choice. It's just uh, when things upset me or confuse me, or if, if I'm emotionally distressed in some way, it has a way of permeating through like I make it bigger than what it's got to be you know and I know it's not a good habit but to be fair most of the times I try to stay in positive mood because when things go wrong I don't know how to I don't know how to put in its proper context okay perfect example like two weeks ago right I'm not not in the kind of grumpy not in the best of moods dealing with something that ain't really a big thing but to me it's a big thing right so i get in my car i go outside well i go outside first obviously and it's cloudy outside i mean never mind the fact that thank god for another day um the weather's unusually nice for you know late july my whole thing is it's cloudy well that's perfect because that's how i feel i feel cloudy right so just taking a drive nowhere in particular to go so I'm going up Broadway, right? Going up Broadway, and I pass um, a group of bikers, black bikers. They're at their little motorcycle uh, house, uh, the, the gang house, you know, the place, where they, the place where they meet up before they go for a ride, right? A lot of people outside, some people barbecuing, everybody's smiling, and they're ready to take this ride. And I just sit there, and I'm looking at them, I'm like, mm, y'all supposed to be wearing masks. I guess somebody's not scared of the coronavirus, huh? right? Just, just really down, just everything, right? So, as I make my way up the street, like two blocks up, I see a funeral hearse, right? And there's a procession behind it, and I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, well, you know, at least he ain't got no, no more pain, you know? Like just really, just really, just milking it, but just didn't mean to do it, right? So. I'm driving up a couple more streets and I start seeing like smoke and it's like something's on fire. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna keep driving up. I kind of want to, I'm gonna be nosy now because I can see it's like two blocks up. I can see something's on fire and I see a little bit of a commotion, but traffic is still kind of moving. So as I get closer, I see someone in the funeral procession hit uh, one of the people on the motorcycle. And the motorcycle is in flame. It was a little green smart car right in front of a laundromat. And the smart car was almost as big as the motorcycle. And I see the motorcycle is in flames. And the flames, I guess, are running is running back to the gas tank of the smart car. And I just looked at it and I turned my head. I was like, they still don't feel as bad as I feel. I mean, people are running across the street with their cell phones on the phone. Black guys with leather vest on and the little, what's that, the tassels. You know, they call like, oh, yeah, mad dog got hit by an electric car. But somehow the electric car has gas. You know, and I see some woman in the back looking, trying to see, make sure all her kids is out. And I guess the dirty clothes won't get washed today. And that was fine. But still. Me driving up the street, I was still like, ain't none of these people having the worst day to me. I know it's selfish, but that's how I felt.
couple days ago, I was walking Ebony. For people who don't know, Ebony is my little black dog. Um, I don't know what she is. She's an elderly dog. That's my little ride or die right there, right? She just, to me, she's like an old Jewish woman. She don't hurt nobody. You know, she just, when I put her food in the little bowl, she comes like, oh, I see someone spent a little bit on the Rachel Ray, right? She, she sees a bargain. And she's a sweet old dog. She don't really bark. You know, she barks if somebody comes to the door. You know, dog stuff. So, I take my dog for a walk. Now, the neighbors to the left of me, they have a German Shepherd named Pepper. The neighbors to the right of me, they also have a German Shepherd. And I want to say it's also named Pepper. I don't know what that's about, right? So, every day, you know, my little old lady, old lady dog, you know, take her out front, put a leash on her. And as I walk, like, the, the German shepherds are like, you know, even though they ain't never been to Germany, but, you know, they they, they bark. And, you know, my little Jewish lady like, we don't want any trouble, you know. So, and once we get past those, because she's an older dog, but she thinks she's a younger dog, right? So, anyway, I walk her up the street, and we used to walk around the park, but she's getting a little bit older for that. So, I've kind of cut that in half, and what I've been doing is cutting through the alley. Well, one of my neighbors got him a new pit bull and a chihuahua, right? So the pit bull is a brown pit bull. It's a nice-sized pit bull, right? It barks and it barks at little Ebony, like, rawr, 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 right? So Ebony, you know, she's still messy. So she'll top a squat right in front of the pit bull and, you know, pee. That's what she do. She's like, oh, you, you don't like what I'm doing here? Well, check this out. Put this in your pipe and smoke it. Right? And the pit bull like, I know you better not. I know you're not pissing in front of me. Oh, now you're going to piss in front of me. Yeah. And after that, she was like, ha, let's go. And she always got, Ebony's always got this smile on her face. Like, ah, we did that. Right? All right. So one day I'm taking Ebony out for a walk. And again, we're cutting through the alley. Now, I see the individual who owns the pit bull. I see him and his gate is open. But I, I didn't make the connection necessarily. Because I'm wearing my little... Uh, corrections officer uniform but i don't have all my accoutrement you know that's all my little attachments all my little uh tasers and bells and whistles and things to hurt people right so it's just me walking the dog and i see the gate open and ebony snipping sniffing uh, across the way like she about to she about to drop a count dooku right so i'm like okay cool so the guy comes out like hey what's hey what's going on there I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm just talking to him. Because real talk, I mean, the house is abandoned. Now, if it wasn't an abandoned house, I would have picked it up. Got no problem with that. But it's an abandoned house and we in the alley. Hey, that, you know, that's that's the place for the for the poop, right? So the guy, he's sitting there. He's like, hey, what's going on? I say, hey, man, nothing much. And, like, we're making eye contact, but he keep looking at the dog. Like, Don't look at the dog. Look at me. I'm the one, you know. So anyway, he's like, yeah, so, you know. I say, yeah, man, I'm your neighbor. I live right over there. Point to my house. like, oh, that's what's up. And as I'm pointing... The pit bull comes out, right? And Ebony, she, again, like an old Jewish lady picking out ripe avocados. Like, this one isn't right. This, I don't want to poop right here necessarily. The pit bull grabs Ebony by the scruff of her neck. Like, what you doing around here? Yeah, you thought you was cool pissing in front of me. Now you got the answer to the, to the, to the man, right? And little Chihuahua come out like, yeah, that's right. Right, right. So Ebony, she's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Like, and it grabbed by the scruff a little bit. And the guy was like, 
whatever the pit bull's name was. Oh no. And and we walked away, right? We walked away. <laughs> I'm looking at Edmund because you took an L, you know what I'm saying? But I feel bad because I wasn't wasn't mentally prepared to protect it. Like cause I always, you know, if a dog run up on him, I'm I'ma punt it across the street. That was the move. Man, this dog came up, grabbed Ebony, shook her around about, and then just let us go. So Ebony looking at me like, how you let him do that? Like, Never mind that. What happened to your fangs and your claws and whatnot, right? So anyway, we went in the house. Well, she took a poop in her backyard. Cause she was like, I see this random pooping is the way to get, you know, into altercations. And guess what? Like a black parent, guess what I did? Next time it was time for her to go out. Oh yeah, baby boy. Yeah, I strapped up. I had everything on me but the kitchen sink. I had me a nine volt battery. You know what I'm saying? I had my all the little bells and whistles. Yeah, we were strapped up for whoa. So I'm taking Emmy for a walk. I'm sweating. I don't care. So anyway, we go. I look at Ebony. We go down that alley again. Like a black parent. If he whooped you, you go out there, you fight him again, right? So I'm sitting there looking, and the K and the and the, the gate's locked. I'm like, yeah, but I got thumbs. I can open up that boy, but I'm not. I was like, this ain't over. This is far from over, right? So every day now, Ebony already know where we're going. We're going back. We want round two. Well, guess what, y'all? Today, this morning, right? Take Ebony around the block. And now Ebony, she kind of like a little stroll with it. Like, she she kind of want that action just a little bit, you know. And again, I'm suited and booted. I'm ready to go, you know. So we walk down the alley. As soon as I turn the street, I get to the corner and make a left. I was like, I know that ain't who I think it is, right? Right in front of the little abandoned house. Little Chico, the little Chihuahua. I don't know if his name is Chico, but he's like a Chico. All white Chihuahua. He's sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we out here. We out here in these streets, right? He go, gonna take a pee on the dandelion and whatnot, right? So when he see us coming, he's like, oh no, oh no, right? And this little bum, he goes and hide behind the dandelion he just peed on. But he all white, I can see him. I'm like, yeah, homie, what's up now? Like, real talk, I'm talking to the dog like, y'all, you thought it was sweet, right? You caught us when we were sniffing, huh? Caught us when we were sniffing, cuz? So I get close to him. I'll try to reach down and grab him, right? He's like, oh, no, evade, evade. He runs off, right? So now he's looking for the pit bull. But no, baby, you outside the gate. You out in the real world. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, he's like, I don't know what I should do. I don't know what I should do, right? And then he takes a pee on another, like, plant, you know, and I'm like, yeah. So we come down the alley like, oh, you done messed up, cuz. You done messed up, cuz. You in the wrong neighborhood with the wrong set on? So anyway, I reach down again because I'm going to grab him. Like, I want to grab him. Just only I grab him, like, just let him twirl a little bit. Like, yeah, look at you. Out here with your little little paws in there. You got no traction, no leverage, right? But, yeah, he was too quick for me. Only thing I was going to do was put him back in this little gate. But let him know, you out here with these real wolves, right? Then he took off running. He was so scared, he peed twice. I guess he's like, this is my bush. And now this is my bush. And Ebony was like, I ain't tripping. I got a whole bladder full of Gatorade. So, anyway, dog went in the house. Only thing I'm saying is, watch, watch what you do with people. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you might catch it with our back turn. You know, we sniffing the dandelions or whatnot. But yeah, it's not over. Like, I'm going to keep y'all tuned because I'm, I'm waiting for the pit bull personally. You know? I mean, ain't no, you know, it is what it is. You caught it slipping. We want, you got to run it back because you got to run it back. Again, in the midst of this month, uh, you know, I've been kind of just trying to get back to me and get back to some resemblance of normalcy. I like the word normalcy. People don't get to use it very much. I think people say normalcy also, but normalcy. 
I like that one just a little bit better, right? So, God knows I like to laugh anyway. Or I just like something that just kind of just makes me look at the world just a little in, 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 a, in a nicer light. And God gave me this little gift. So you gotta, God gives you gifts. Like just a little, just something to put a smile on your face. But you gotta be open and receptive to it. If you're sitting there and you mess, if you're sitting there, you know, soaking, you don't, you don't have your eyes open. You're not attuned to the beauty that's around you in everyday life. So check this out. I go to work, right? And a police officer tells me, Oh, Tony, man, you're going to have fun with this guy right here. Right? I didn't see the guy, but his name came up in conversation. So, oh, you're going to have fun with this guy right here. And that's pretty much <laughs> cop code for, like, this person has a problem with people of other ethnicities. He's racially insensitive or intolerant to people different than himself. Right? I've been here for 12 years, so it's kind of like the, uh, that's, oh, Tony, you're going to have fun with this guy right here. The kick in the pants is most of the times when they say this person is something like uh, adamantly racist or, you know, just insensitive to certain things, they tend to be the people who don't give me any problems. So when it lets me know that maybe the, the respect or the kindness that they show me isn't genuine, you know. So anyway, they say, oh, Tony, you're going to have fun with this guy right here. I say, oh, really? Well, let's, you know, let's let's meet this individual. He comes out, talk to him. He's perfectly fine. Uh, just we have a conversation. Yes, no. I'm, I'm looking for any kind of, you know, signs of aggression. None. Okay, the man goes about his business. I say, okay, so what was that about? They say, oh, well, this guy, that guy that you just met is, and I'm going to say alleged because I don't know this man. So this man is an alleged air quotes one legged neo nazi okay for the people in the back one legged neo nazi i <sighs> allegedly i'm sitting there and i'm trying to wrap my brain around like i just start laughing like it sounds like one eye one horn giant purple people eater like it's a whole lot of additives in front of the okay so if you know anything about english whatever you put in front of the noun that's your adjective. That describes the noun. So you say one legged. Okay, that's a noun. So whatever this noun is, it's gonna have one leg. And then you say neo. Okay, that's new. And if you flip the words in one, uh, it sounds like neo. I think that was uh, the the uh, one of the things about the matrix. Okay, I got that. And then when you throw Nazi thing, no matter what you said before the Nazi, you got to run it all the way back. So one legged neo Nazi. That's phenomenal. That's great. I think of it like this. And I think we as people, especially nowadays, we're a little sensitive about certain things. We, uh, please forgive me. I'm pouring a drink. I didn't think it was going to be that loud. So some people think, oh, you know, the handicapped, you know, they're handy capable and they should be treated the same as everybody else. And that's exactly true. That's exactly right. But the thing that we kind of forget is just because a person is disabled in some way or differently able or differently challenged, whatever we want to say, do not mean that they're not people. Like, for you to have one, uh, this debilitating thing, I don't care how to let, okay, take it back, take it back, take it back. Was he 
radically racist before or after the leg. Because he could have been just a really nice, regular guy, and then a black guy cuts his leg off. That would make me kind of hate black people. If I lost a perfectly good white leg, to, uh, you know, because of some shenanigans, I'd be upset. I'd probably hate all black, not all black, maybe just the one that cut my leg off. You know? Or maybe, just maybe, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I like to take it back a little bit. Like, okay, so I know he wasn't around with the, the, the Nazi youth kids. I know that, but I like to put this young man back in those days, right? And he had no leg at that point, right? So he's trying to do the, like the little goose step, like, hus, 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 and they were like, because <laughs> you know, whenever you do the, the hell Hitler thing, you got to click your heels together. They say, hell Hitler, you click your heels together. And then you throw your hand up. You know, they had some nice little shiny boots. But I just like to see, like, as a little kid, he's trying to be marching. He got, like, a broomstick as his gun or whatever. He's like, present arms. He's like, rotten. Right? And it was like, hell, hitting And he clicked his little legs together, and the little face leg fall off. And he's like, oh, he hit the ground. And then, like, the scout master for the the Nazi youth like, you will never beat the Juden and the Negros with sloppy shoddy leg work like that like but sir i only have one leg hey, not an excuse you think jesse owens gives his parents excuses jesse owens for people who don't know won like the 1932 olympics it was hosted in germany and basically hitler was talking about the supremacy of uh white people and he decimated them decimate also means to reduce by 10 so he didn't killed 10% of the Jewish people uh, the, the Germans he just he he dominated okay I know jokes aren't funny if you have to explain them but if I throw a you know historical reference in there I kind of want you to get it so anyway <laughs> this man has these strong beliefs and only has one leg like and then you see me I mean I'm 6'3 I'm, I'm in pretty good shape like you don't want that smoke like I don't care how much you believe in certain things. If the right opposition comes up in front of you, you might you might want to just take the bass out your voice. Maybe. But that just, yeah. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for that, for that uh little levity in my time of darkness. Cause just uh yeah, it was it was well, it was well needed. So thinking about the one-legged alleged neo-nazi uh it got me thinking about my own biases i think biases is how the fancy people say it when you got more than one maybe i'm not sure but there are certain things i'm biased against now there are certain things that i have a bias for and haven't given it much thought i just looked at it on the face value and say okay i don't like that and there's certain things that i have looked into discovered and it's like yeah i don't like that some things are some biases are from ignorance and other things are from looking at it and i just decided i didn't like it now i don't like technology i'm not a big fan of technology because it's always changing it's always evolving some people think it's for good i i i'm not really a big fan of it i was at a hospital and uh this doctor he was leading me up the elevator i was going to a certain room he was showing me how to get to this room right 
So as we're walking, we're waiting for the elevator to come down. The elevator dings. I'm talking to the doctor. The doctor said, oh, would you mind stepping back? So I stepped back, still looking at the doctor, expecting maybe someone coming out with a gurney. You know, you watch the ER shows. I thought someone's going to ask for 15 cc's of sodium pentothal or something like that. But no, I back up and I go, I look at the elevator door as it opens. And it is a motorized uh, food cart. It's about as big as me, about six foot tall, uh, big metal, and it had wheels. And it was trying to navigate itself outside of the elevator. So it was kind of making like a little beeping sound, like beep, beep. And it was kind of like, it would stop for a second. It was making these like really choppy turns because it was trying to make a right-hand turn. So I'm sitting there watching. So it pulls up a little bit, bags up, pulls up a little bit, bags up a little bit, pulls up, and it finally is going by its way. Now, while this is going on, me and the doctor have to move out the way, play the uh, play, uh, move out the way of the robot. And then, like, there was two nurses behind us, and they got to kind of move out the way as this robot shuffles across the room, and it's just full of food. Like, I'm sitting there looking at it. And I'm sitting there thinking, by the time it took for this robot to make a K-turn, like, you know, up, down, up, down, back, forth, by the time it took this robot to do this, a regular human could have pushed this thing out the way. We could have just said hi, kept it moving. Not just that, this robot took American job. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of technology, especially when it's clunkier than what a human could have did. And also, okay. Now, this one, <laughs> this one got a little bit more. Look, I know that there are tough people in this world, all around this world. There are tough people. There's tough Brazilians. There's tough Egyptians. There's Eskimos that can kick my teeth in. I get all that. I, I get it from an intellectual standpoint. But one thing that my brain just cannot process properly is there are tough people. Frenchmen. There's tough people from France. Now, okay, I know that there are some kickboxers. Uh, the brother JSP, uh, John St. Pierre, I think. He's like one of the baddest MMA guys of all time. But he's kind of like the exception to the rule. Like, to me, just to me, if I was walking down a France alley, right? The smell of baguettes and uh, croissants is you know wafting and it's a muggy night right so i'm walking and uh you know <laughs> i'm walking and all of a sudden like three french guys stopped me in the alley like i i would really i would have to suppress the urge to laugh like, until one of them punched me in the face to let me know it's real right okay so i'm walking down the alley and you know what i hear is you know because there's smoke and stuff in the alley it's dark or what now you hear and I'm like, what the heck is that? I'm still walking and I'm like looking around like and then some dude put his hands on my chest be like, where do you think you're going? I, I'm like, are, are you serious right now? And I assume they were in the berets and the little uh, the little bandanas, the little red bandanas. They look like mines, right? But they don't have their face paint. And they got some scruff because they tough guys in a leather coat maybe. And he's like, <laughs> where do you think you're going? I'm like, are you, are you serious right now? This is what we're doing, right? And he was like, ah, yeah, yeah, I 
think you might want to. And they got their cigarettes. How you say, uh, they're not your pockets. And I, I would just start laughing. Like, what you gonna do? Beat me with a baguette? Uh, you, you got some crusty bread? You gonna, you gonna put your hands on me? And they were like, oh, you know, you think, uh, because we're friends. <laughs> we don't have the hands. Is that just more than me? I'm like, look, man, you better ask cargo out of my face before things get real. And then he was like, look, uh, give you a check. I like you. Hey, American. Hey, yeah, okay. Uh, turn out your pockets. Uh, I give you to the count of trois. And I'm like, excuse me? You gave me the count to the what? And he was like, oh, he does not know how, how real it is around here. DMX is going to give it to him, right? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go, guy. Uh, mm. And I'm like, I don't know. what. Did you stomp your foot? Do. I do believe I like to go. Twah! Now, at that point, once the hands and the feet gets to commence to, you know, kicking on me, I believe it. But until that point, I I just can't believe it. There's tough Frenchmen out there, but I, I don't believe him. <laughs> It's been a while since I've answered this question. Uh, so, the question is, where are your bros? Good question, fair question. Two weeks ago, brother number two and myself were invited to have a powwow with the mayor. It came out of left field. It, it was, uh, okay. What happened was, bro number two calls me. And he he calls me. He says, mm, mm, "Brother, <laughs> brother, have you been?" I'm like, "I'm pretty good, man. What's 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 going on?" He's like, mm, mm, "Pretty good, pretty excellent, actually." I said, "Oh, that's what's up. He doing okay in the midst of the corona." He's like, "Oh, deplorable. Mm, sick people everywhere." But uh, on to pressing matters. Uh, are you busy, by, per chance, uh, uh, Thursday? I'm like, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. He's like, mm, marvelous. The mayor would like to have words with us. I say, why, why the mayor want to have words with us? <laughs> well, apparently he knows our lineage and would like to catch up. I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we could do that. That'd be fine. <laughs> marvelous. I'll have my secretary send you an itinerary and a schedule. I say, that's what's up. Okay, cool. Now. I had like about a couple days to go and I'm, I'm freaking out. Like I really, I don't know what to expect. I mean, it's, it's okay. I admittedly, I don't know much about my family. So it's like, so if he start asking me questions, I'm not going to know how to respond to him. So, um, the day comes and we, he, we, he gives us his address so we pull up in front of his house and as i'm getting out uh brother number two is grabbing a bunt cake <laughs> tony how are you doing i'm like hey i'm pretty good i'm pretty good he's like mm, is that um what you what you're wearing i, was, I mean yeah i think so does i look okay <laughs> too late to change now good man right so we go up to the mayor's house and and the mayor he's, he's a nice guy cordial he opens the door he says actually he's looking at us as we're getting out the car and we're going up to the house or whatever. And then I'm like, my liege, uh, I, ple- I pledge fealty to you. You're like, <laughs> we don't do that here. So I'm like, okay, cool. He had a very smooth voice, by the way. Uh, brother number two hands him the bunt cake. So we go in the house and 
And he's looking at us and he's saying, man, you look just like your dad. And he was like, and you, you look like your uncle. And then it was real cool. And then from there, we're sitting there and the mayor said, like, you know, this is really a deep thing for him because he knew, you know, our people. And then the mayor said, like, uh, have you ever been to the moats? You've been to the moats, right? Have you ever been to the moats? And me and brother number two look at each other like, no, we've never been to the moats. And he was like, are you serious? You've never been to the moats? And now I'm like, you know, because if I don't understand something, my first reaction is to kind of be like, oh, what? Everybody's supposed to know about the moats? Like, you know, so I'm like, no, I mean, shit. But he was like, oh, man, you talking to his wife. You say, man, baby, they don't know about the moats. And she was like, what? They don't know about the moats? I'm like, okay, now y'all really got to, you know, enlighten us on what this moat situation is. Well, the moats is actually a little section of Gary. And the crazy thing is, I mean, my dad, well, yeah, my dad named it. Like, you know, because it was, it's a little poor neighborhood and it's right next to like a marshy wetlands. Like, it's almost like there's no houses on one side of the street. It's just, it's like a marsh. And he named it the moats and it kind of caught on. Anyway, um, from there, the mayor told us stories about our family growing up. Um, and it's really, it was really, um, it was eye-opening. It was illuminating because you don't know who you affect. He had very vivid memories of my uncle and my dad and my grandma. And these were stories that I've never heard before. I have very few memories of my dad and None, they weren't necessarily ones you want to hold on to. So after that, the mayor said, yo, let's uh, let's drive to the moats. So then we drive to the moats, right? And he was like, I can't believe you've never been here. And I was like, no, I've never been there. And we took one turn. We took one turn. And I remembered the place. Like, I, I hadn't been there for, let's say, I'm, I'm 40. Hadn't been there for at least 35 years. Maybe, I'm, maybe and I'm being generous by saying 35. I'm like... I think I remember being at like at three, right? And I remember being in the car with my dad. And I remember this is before we had baby seats and stuff. So we like in the 70 something, you know, 76, big old car. And I remember being in the front seat and he had to go in the house to get something and he left me in the car. But I remember it was a cigarette burning and I just remember the smoke going up. And at, at that young age, I realized, like, you know, well, if someone's moving a the cigarette, then the smoke gets all erratic. But if no one's touching it, it goes straight up. And I remember just watching the cigarette, you know, as you know, smoke, until my dad came back. And then from there, we drove off. That, I think about that memory often. I don't know why that smoke going up is... It's one of those memories, I guess, like one of those first memories that you keep. But I, I flash back to that because it was a really nice day. It was like the golden hour, like the sun was coming in. Like it was, it was really picturesque. So anyway, we turn and boom, I'm right back there. And I'm like, oh, snap, I remember this place. Right. So then from there, I was like, uh, my liege, if you ever go to battle, you can count on the bros three to wave the flag he was like again this isn't this isn't game of thrones like you don't have to pledge for you don't i said i've been the knee he said just get up just come on let's go i said okay fair enough so i got this rule whatever i say behind your back i have to say it to your face 
that's just been a rule of mine. That way it keeps you 100. If you're going to say something behind somebody's back, you say it to their face when you need them. Very important. Luckily, I didn't know anything about the mayor. But, like, if I did have something to say, that, that would have been, I, I would have told them. That's just how I rock. So if I ever say anything about you, if you like, I got to say it to your face. So, anyway, from there, I ordered a Miller's pizza. We sat down. We talked for, like, two, three hours. And it was really... Again, it was really illuminating. Like, I put it like this. All right. So if you watch Star Wars, right, and <laughs> you only watch Star Wars, the original trilogy, the first one, right, and the third one. So the first one, Darth Vader set up as the villain, right? You watch the first one. You say, okay, Darth Vader is the big bad guy, right? And then you watch the third one. But you see the change in Luke Skywalker, you wouldn't understand why. The reveal comes because first, Dark Vader was just the bad guy. He was a bad guy, he's a scourge of the universe, terrible guy. When you get a chance, kick him in the ding dong, right? That's what Obi-Wan Kenobi said. Then by the end of part two, he was like, Yeah, I came to kick your butt. And Dark Vader was like, I'd like to see you try. And he said, Well, bring it on. And then Luke gets his hand cut off, right? And then Luke's at his, at his worst point. And then, you know, Darth Vader said, no, baby, I'm your daddy. I'm that boy Papa. And then that's when he was like, oh, it can't get no worse. Right? And then when they meet up for episode three, the last one, Return to Jedi, he's like, he wants to fight his father. No, he wants to redeem his father. He don't want to fight him. He's no longer the enemy because he's got multi-facets to him now. Like, he's not just Darth Vader bad guy he's also Anakin Skywalker his father and that's how he reaches out to try to anyway when I was I, I did that long drawn out analogy to say it gave me another perspective on my father Alright, so one of the good things that came out of this month, in the midst of me being in my phone, is my cousin Jay came to town. Now, <clears throat> if you're new to this podcast, my cousin Jay lives in California. He is a, I won't say traveling musician, but that don't sound right. He is a musician that goes on tour. And he's a producer. And all these things, all these wonderful, great creative things and <laughs> I like to say he sounds like John Legend like he's been living not John Legend uh, John Lennon like to, okay because he's been living in California he grew up here moved to California chased his dreams and ambitions and, you know he's making a name for himself so I like to think that some of that sunny California demeanor kind of worked his way into his vernacular like I know he's the guy that I've known all my life but just to me just it makes me laugh to think he kind of talks like this and like all the things he says like it has a duality to it like it might be deep might not but the positivity is always there right so i remember i was chilling out again in the midst of my phone trying to why me why all the bad things happen to me i know this kid's starving but we're talking about me right now right so i call him up just to get some levity and um 
the phone rings and he's like, hello? I'm like, Jay, man, what's going on? He's like, nothing much. I said, okay, man, yeah. He said, I say, uh, so how you been? He said, ah, been pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. I said, okay, that's awesome, that's awesome. And I hear, like, sounds in the background on his phone. I'm like, yo, uh, are you shooting a video or something? He said, no, not as such, no. I say, oh, okay, uh, are you, what, is this a play or something? Say, life is a play. Wouldn't you agree? I say, yeah, I guess, but I mean, what? what's the noise in the background? Say, oh, well, that's because I'm home, cuz. I say, what do you mean you home? Say, home is where the heart is. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, are you in Gary? <laughs> You're like, indubitably. I was like, oh, right? So I was like, that's great, because that's, that's my cuz, one of my favorite people. And whenever he comes in town, he puts things in certain perspective. Like, I think things are so big, and he just like, man, in the grand scheme of things, life is just an adventure. You know, and I'm like, yeah, but it's a choose your own adventure. He's like, yes, it is. So which one are you choosing? Oh, you blew my flicking man. Flipping. I meant flipping. So anyway, so I drive over his house, right? We doing the social distancing. I love, I love his dad. I love his mom. I love his sisters. Love his nephews and nieces. Love all them. But it's my time now. For some reason, three years ago, he started calling me Boner. And that just tickles him to no end. Like, it, it makes me very uncomfortable. He's like, oh, oh, how's my Boner hanging? I'm like, yeah, bon, Boner's pretty good. Oh, look kind of hard, Boner. This thing okay? Like, yeah, everything's fine. Stop calling me Boner. Oh, <laughs> all right there. All right, don't get all stiff on me, Boner. Like, okay, fair enough. I get it. It's funny. Three years. And, you know, I'm pretty, we make jokes that he's going to be in my funeral. Like, oh, here lies my Boner. Look at my dead Boner. Someone please revive my boner. And I, in, in, the, in the casket, admittedly, I would be chuckling. So anyway, we go to this park. There's a park. He loves walking around it. I'm not built for walking, but, you know, this is me. I'm trying to unburden myself, right? So we walk around the park, and I'm like, yo, Jay, man, uh, I don't know what to do. You say, do you know? I say, no, I don't. I mean, you know, I'm trying my best. Yeah, but your best not good enough. I say, no, it's not. You say, well, try harder. I say, well, that's easier said than done. You're like, is it? I say, yeah. You say, is it? I say, yeah. You say, but is it really? And I was like, dang, maybe you're right, right? So, anyway, we walk and I was like, Jay, you know, <laughs> it'd be real funny, like, if, like, a famous person calls you right now. <laughs> you're like, cuz, you exaggerate my life. Like, uh, I'm just a simple man. I I uh I don't do a lot of uh a lot of hobnobbing. Hob hobnobbing? Hobnobbing. I say, well I know. Okay, well fair enough. So anyway, walk around the track, right? <laughs> and I swear to God this happened. <laughs> we walk around the track and he like, look man, just put everything in order. You know, just do your best. That's all you can do. Live and let go. Live and let die. I say, you didn't write that, man. Paul McCartney wrote that. Like, hey, but this is Jason. I said, oh, touche, you're a smart guy. And as we're walking, the phone rings. And he's like, excuse me, cuz, I got to take this. I said, no, no, do your thing, do your thing. He picks up the phone, and it's a famous person. He's like, oh, you know, I don't know. It's that whole California schmoozing thing, you know. So Jay was like, oh, yeah, no, back with the family. <laughs> yeah, no, left the private jet. <laughs> 
oh yes everything's great like right so then they talking about music and they talking about you know oh so did you do the synthesizer oh the light show no okay put johnny on the phone did johnny no johnny johnny's not there oh okay oh that sucks okay uh, don't let me down <laughs> yeah beetle reference right so i'm like okay all right so anyway jay gives me the whole one finger like just one more thing you're like oh okay so that happens right so as soon as it hangs up i say i'm leaving you say, why, why are you leaving? Cause I said, nah, man, you talking to famous people, man. I'm telling you about my problems. You ain't trying to hit my problems. You're like, yeah, but you know, they're all your problems. I'm like, yeah. So you have the solutions. Yeah, a little bit. So go. Okay, fine. So anyway, so we jump in the car, right? We jump in the car. We just taking a drive. Now, the most wonderful things happen whenever Jay's around. I don't know how it is. It's serendipitous. Things just flip and happen, right? So. Driving down Broadway, they cleaned up the uh, <laughs> the automobile accident in the smart car, in the dirty laundry, and we're driving down the street, and I see DJ K Caesar's van. The reason I know it's DJ K Caesar's van is because he has his face plastered on it, his number, uh, all his contacts, whatever. All right, so some backstory on Mr. DJ K Caesar. DJ K. Caesar, in the midst of the corona, he started a party, a virtual online party called Rockerona, right? Rock and roll, coronavirus, it's very smart branding, right? So from there, he gets a virtual party, he gets to jump, he gets a lot of followers, likes, subscribes, listening parties, everything. Um, my daughter, Zion, has a 16, 16th birthday coming up. And she asked me, she was like, Dad, could you uh, see if you can get DJ Casey's? I'm like, look, I, why do you think I'm be able to get DJ Casey's? She's like, come on, Dad, you have a podcast. I say, babe, that's not how these things work. Like, he's on uh, Power 92, and uh, he, I just saw he actually did a, a thing virtually online. They beamed his face on the big screen, and he did a party, like he DJed a party from Indiana in Wisconsin. She's like, yeah, Dad. But if you see him, like, really try. Like, really, really try. I said, okay, fine for you. I'm on try. Did not have any intention on trying. So I see DJ K. Caesar's van. And Jay was like, hey, we should stop and say hello. I'm like, I don't want to stop and say hello to him. He's probably busy. He's like, ah, nah. Come on, man. I was like, I don't want to do this. And as I'm saying that, I'm turning the car around. I'm like, Jay, I don't want to do this. He said, come on, Tony. Come on, Tony. You got it. You, you, got, you, got, you got a podcast. I'm like, yeah, but Jay, he's got a van with his face on it. He DJs for 90 Power 92. He's like, yeah. And you have a podcast. I'm like, Jay, like, come on, man. He was like, you have a podcast. So then from there, we close the door, get out the car. I go up in there. Now, DJ KC is setting up his own stuff. He's, you know, checking the sound, all his other good stuff. There's this little diminutive heavyset guy. People from the radio never look like how you think they do. I'm not going to say who it is, but he was a big, heavy guy, super silent, right? So Jay goes up there. Jay say, hey, DJ K. Caesar, what do you know? He was like, oh, what's up? And DJ K. Caesar has all the energy in the world, right? Like way too much energy for a normal person, right? So when DJ K. Caesar sees Jay, he say, oh, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? They do a little, you know, handshake and, you know, people meeting people. 
you know, in the business. Oh, man, what's going on with you? Oh, man, I'm doing this party. It's great. It's going to be rockerific and all this, all this too much energy, right? As he's also hooking up stuff. So I'm, I'm wearing my mask because we're doing the social distancing thing. So he was like, I know you. Uh, Jay was like, I know you know him, right? So I'm standing there because I don't like meeting new people in the first place. So he looking at me like, hmm. I still got my mask on. So I pulled the mask down like, surprise, mother love up, right? He like, oh, what's going on, Tony? They're like, nothing much, man. He gives me a hug and all this other type stuff. I'm like, yeah. He was like, he tells, DJ K. Caesar tells the guy who's there, like uh, the, the radio personality, like, this my man, Tony. He got a dope-ass podcast. And then from there, of course, turn into a pile of mush. I was like, well, you know, you know, <laughs> stop, right? Did that, right? Snap back to business. I said, Jay, I said, I got to, no, I said, K, I got to tell you something. He said, ah, what is it, baby? Wow. All that energy, just way too much energy. I say, look, man, I got this rule. And uh, whatever I say behind people's back, I got to say it to their face. He gave me a look like, mm-hmm, I'm all ears. I say, man, look. You got way too much energy. I tell everybody I know you got to be doing cocaine because there's no way a man can work and have as much energy as you. Uh, the little lady that I'm talking to, she loves you. The kids, they they dance to your music. Uh, my daughter wants you to be at a party. But I'm just saying you got way too much energy for one person. And you're like, well, I appreciate that, man. Anyway, here's my number, man. Check my number. So I took his number down. I'm like... Okay, my daughter wants you to do a party. Oh, man, indubitably. Yo! Like, okay. All right, fair enough. So then I go to my car, get in, Jay gets in. And then Jay gives me this look, this all-knowing guru just smile. I'm like, what? Say, everything turned out all right, didn't it? I say, well, maybe. I mean, he might even answer the phone. He's like, yeah, but maybe he will. I say, yeah, but maybe he won't. He's like, yeah, but maybe he will. I say, yeah, Jay, but, like, he might not come to the thing. Like, yeah, but you've got a podcast. And I was like, ah, I love you, Jay. Anyway, that's going to be our episode. Uh, oh, real quick. You know, some people have certain criticisms, which, and I, I take them in stride. I had someone tell me the last episode I did was a filler episode. They were like, oh, <laughs> I like your filler episode. A filler episode, you know, it didn't really follow a narrative. It didn't really follow the the the, 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 the typical uh, podcast. It was a filler. Look, everything I do, the nerve for somebody to come up to me and be like, "Oh, that was that was lackluster." I felt like, you know, how like some artists they put out an album and they put out an album, and then some people are like, "Yeah, your last album sucked." They're like, "Dude, I was trying really hard." So anyway, um, yeah, that went off the rails. Anyway. Um, thank you for listening and <laughs> be sweet to each other. Um, yeah, bye.